Hello, welcome to Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. I'm Hannah. And I'm Charlie. And we're two 20-somethings rereading our favourite childhood book, but this time with added alcohol and cynicism. In today's episode, we are going to be reading chapters 12 and 13 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. So grab a glass of your favourite alcoholic beverage and join us on this drunken, reminiscent journey. (laughs) That was Hannah recording it all. That was, I don't think I did that well enough. If any of you actually thought that was me and Charlie recording that intro, then I mean, you really, really can't tell us apart because that was Hannah recording the whole thing. We forgot to record the intro at the time of recording, so I'm inserting this as I'm editing. (laughs) Hey, everyone. No, actually, no. Let's get through these intro bits and then we'll explain. Should we keep... Let's. It's called a level of suspense, Charlie. It is. It is. Um, How are you, Hannah? Um, so, hi. Welcome to a new episode. We're here, apart, not together. And it's it's time... What a time to be alive. Isn't COVID fun? Anyway, I'm having a breakdown. We have new patrons. We do. So, a massive thank you to Mia. A Switzerland-sized thank you to... Zwenza, I, I can't say that. Please do correct me and I will issue a correction. A s- snowman size thank you to Sophie. A racquetball size thank you to Rachel. Thank you all so much for joining Team Patreon. They have accessed all the fun bonus content that is over there, as well as our Discord, where we like to chat with you all. And it is very fun over there. And now on to our review. So as you guys know, we would pick one review and read it out each episode. This one is from C.S. Nielsen. And they say this podcast is the reason I passed my exam this morning. They said they had to take a test that required for anyone who wants to apply to a teaching credentials programme they said they've been studying it for months and they were feeling pretty confident and they woke up full of anxiety i don't really get anxious so this really freaked me out i had no idea what to do but i decided to listen to the newest episode on their hour-long drive and we and our humor and sarcasm was very calming especially in our british accents and they were able to calm them down we were able to calm them down even make them laugh and they got to go into the test in a positive anxiety free mindset so a big virtual hug to hannah and charlie you guys are great and i love the podcast that is very cute that is such a nice thing to say thank you so if we sound all jittery (laughs) it's because do you guys remember like i don't know how many episodes charlie was like oh our producer level patrons who get to request alcohol they're too nice i was expecting people to be mean i'm stupid i fully admit that like i just thought that no one listened to our podcast so no one would hear yeah so but 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 alas, Chantel does listen. And Chantel heard Charlie's cry that people were too nice and message saying she either wanted us to drink a smoker's cough, which is Jaeger and mayo, or a prairie chicken, which is gin, a raw egg yolk with salt and pepper. Oh, I only put pepper in. Oh, it really can't make that much of a difference, can it? It can't, no, no. So Charlie <sighs> has a smoker's cough and I have a prairie chicken. And honestly, my palms are literally sweating. Like, I feel anxious. And I, I, I Chantel, why? <laughs> I, see, I picked this one because I was like, I cannot drink a raw egg. Like, I can't, like, I actually, actually will vomit. So I chose a Jaeger and Mayo, 
what I didn't factor in is that it has congealed and we will post photos on social media because I genuinely don't think anything other than a photo could do this justice I was feeling okay until I looked at it and genuinely it's just like lumps of congealed mayo floating in Jaeger that has turned the colour of like a coffee it honestly (laughs) I think you might get some vomiting ASMR yeah I (laughs) we're both gonna set up our cameras now just to video ourselves these will all be on social unless we actually vomit oh god I can't hello are you ready Hannah Hannah is gagging (laughs) there's so much of it as well I've got an entire egg yolk I need to fit in my mouth cheers banging it against the screen two one go where's my squash where's my squash so so charlie you explain your how yours went first in actuality not that much worse than just doing a shot of jaeger however the psychological knowing what i was doing was Mm. enough to make me almost vomit yes so mine in actuality the taste wasn't that much worse than doing a shot of gin but when i tipped it back I hoped that the egg yolk would come into my mouth first and then be washed by the gin. But in fact, what happened was all the gin came into my mouth. The egg got stuck on my lip and I had to kind of... The egg yolk. Kind of imagine like, you know, the way a bird kind of gets a worm down its throat. I had to kind of Mm. do that with the egg yolk. So I felt it pass over my lips. I'm so glad I didn't do that because I actually would have just spontaneously vomited. But it didn't taste of anything. There is a taste of pepper in my mouth, but it just tasted like gin. Also, just to make the I obvious am, joke, Charlie, you did say look, you, you look. did say that you thought that it would come in your mouth. Can I just point that out? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was okay, horrifying. Well, at least that's over because I have been worried about that for over a week. Yeah. So what what are you actually drinking during this episode? Now yeah, we've So Chantel, you didn't I mean you just required shots, so we took that to mean that we could then drink what we wanted for the episode because you put us through that so i've got a lemon gin and tonic i've got vodka and coke which is not like me yeah so i got um a domino's the other day and you know when it's like an offer and it's like comes with two things of coke and you're like i don't want that like yeah i I don't drink fizzy drinks but it was like with the deal i was like i don't want that so then but you know had the deal so then i just had two bottles of coke um hanging around the place so then i had to buy a bottle of vodka to actually drink the coke because i only ever use it as a mixer therefore meaning that i have spent more money than if i just didn't get the deal and didn't get the two bottles of coke anyway thanks chantelle um you can all go over to the social medias where we will have posted those videos and photos and i'm gonna have nightmares about what just happened same anyway should we read some harry potter (laughs) we probably should we probably should Chapter 12, Professor Umbridge. So it is the next morning and Harry, much like in the entirety of this book, is in a bad mood. Fred and George have put up a sign in the common room asking for testing volunteers. And as they're walking through the common room, they meet up with Hermione, who says that Lavender Brown has the same opinion as Seamus. And Harry kind of snaps at her like, oh, having a nice little gossip about me, were you? Like, Harry, why, why would Hermione be doing that? This really is like the book of just... Harry and Hermione being assholes. Yeah. 
But like, then Hermione says, no, I told her to keep her big fat mouth shut, oh. which you share a dormitory with this girl. You really went in. Like, yeah, Lavender's in the wrong, but damn, Hermione, you went in. Yeah, I do. Th- I mean, we've discussed before how Hermione clearly is one of those, like, I don't want to say pick me. She's not like a pick me, but one of those like, oh, like, I'm just not a girly girl. Like, I'm friends with boys Mm. and I just really can picture sometimes. Like, she just really does make herself very other than the other girls in the dorm. And like... Yeah, she does. I bet that's really like... I mean, it must be horrible for her, but also like horrible for the other girls in the dorm. Like, I I, I do think that Lavender's in the wrong here, but also like, chill out, Hermione. Like, I don't know. I just just don't feel like this was the one-off. But also, I think like a lot of it is because of how JK actually writes Lavender Brown and that lot. Like, it's literally like, oh, they like girly things. Fuck them. A bit, yeah. I also just kind of would like to have seen that as a real scene, not as an anecdote of Hermione saying, shut your big fat mouth. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So they discovered that they have, like, an absolutely shit Monday timetable, which really brings me back to, like, getting your timetables at the beginning of the year and, like, the dread when you would have one of those days. And, like, the exhilaration when you used to have, like, a really good day. Like, I think I had, like, a Friday where I had, like, two free periods at the end during my last year. So I literally had, like, business in the morning and then I could just go home, which was beautiful i remember a friday at somewhat in one of my school years where i had english and drama in the afternoon i.e two of the best more relaxing of the subjects on a friday afternoon and they were the best that was a good year like it does make a difference you don't want to start your monday with whatever they've got they also find out when they're in the great hall getting that they're getting their timetables that angelina has been made quidditch captain yay yay go angelina they also so they start to discuss basically the twins are like psyching them out about how hard this year is going to be and ron um reveals that they're actually going to have like career counseling this year as well which is like i kind of wish that we got to see more of this um because it's like what are the careers it's like you work for the government or you work in retail like or you're a teacher like that that's it i i don't know we see a few more when they have flyers later in this book i think like there was one that sounded interesting about being like a muggle liaison person Mm. which they kind of like joked as being like a dos job oh you only really need muggle studies but it actually sounds like a really important job being a muggle liaison person but i guess that comes under government probably doesn't it it probably does you're right yeah 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 um, there aren't there doesn't seem to be many jobs (laughs) yeah ron reveals now that he wants to be an aura and like honestly like And he's like, oh, but that's, like, for the elite, basically. And, like, I see Ron being an aura so much more than I ever see Harry being an aura. And it really annoys me that Ron just kind of gets fobbed off as, like, he replaces Fred, basically. I just had to remember which one of the twins dies. Like, it just, it really annoys me because I, I think it's creepy in the books in general how it just, like, kind of is, like, Ron replaces Fred in the joke shop and then George gets with his ex-girlfriend. I'm like, hmm. I weird but like have a lot I... of differing opinions about Ron's career and we actually decided recently we were talking about things we want to do when the podcast comes to an end and like a special episodes we want to do and we want to do one of like what we think the all the people in Harry Potter are doing now and I have some quite differing opinions about Ron so uh yeah like I'm not saying that he 100% should have been an aura but I can definitely see him being an aura more than Harry and I mean, like I think he, he, she JK Rowling also said he did become an aura I think the implication was he was an aura for a bit and then went to work in the joke shop yeah I can't remember and also like the prequel was just like awful not the prequel the the 
what's it called? The Cursed Child? No, no, I meant the epilogue at the end of the book. Oh, the um, epilogue doesn't actually state what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, like, it, it annoys me that he's like, oh, it's for the elite. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not what he said, but that's the meaning. But it's like, you literally could not be more experienced, like it's one of those things where it's like you know the typical thing with grad jobs now where you graduate and then all of the jobs are like graduate role must have two to three years years experience experience. like i feel like this is the only time when ron would have that it's like you want to be an aura yes well our our graduate um entry level aura roles you must have two to three years fighting uh the evil forces and ron would be like i've got five my dad done that it's me (laughs) just like yeah. who possibly could be more qualified than ron coming out of this like it's ridiculous but it is also a t- i do find it a tiny bit perverse that harry especially but even ron wants to be auras when their childhood is literally marred by having to deal with voldemort i'm like yeah and then they're like our careers what if you fighting dark wizards i'm like <laughs> why yeah which is why i don't agree that harry would have been an aura god no, no. he definitely he would want w- to help clean up the mess yeah. Because it doesn't all end with Voldemort. But then a few years after, we've been like, no, I'm done. This is not the yeah. life I signed up for. A hundred percent. Like, and that's the thing. Like, I think that Ron could have been one, but I don't think that he would have wanted what to be. Like, I think no. the only part of them, of him that might have wanted to be would have been like an immature part of like feeling that he had to and feeling that this would be a way to not necessarily outdo Harry, but kind of be on par with Harry, but also like outdo his brothers. I feel like that's why, but I don't think he actually would have like wanted to be one. And I think that right now him saying, oh, that would be cool is in the same way that when you're like a teenager, you're just like, oh yeah, it would be cool to, I don't know. I'm trying to think what like teenage boys always want to be, but they're always like, oh, like it would be cool to be like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, like those kind of careers where they don't actually want to do it. Yeah, it's just like a thing that sounds cool. Yeah, exactly. I think like the classic one that springs to mind is studying law. Everyone (laughs) I've ever known that has gone to study law has absolutely no passion about law. Like... At least it's an incredibly guys. complicated subject for something that doesn't seem to need to be. Like, obviously, it's the law, but still. Yeah, I just feel like law is like, I don't know, it's such a status thing. Like, yeah. I knew this one guy in high school that was like the classic example of this. Like, he was not that smart and he had no passion for the law. Like, because I, I do think there's people out there that genuinely are very passionate about the law. Um, and I just have to admire them for being able to argue without crying. But he was absolutely not passionate about it. And he wasn't particularly smart either. And he was just like dead set on becoming a lawyer. And if you asked him why, he was literally just like money and status. Yeah. And also like, it just wasn't also like feasible for him because he was going to like a very run of the mill university with like not great grades. And you're just like, I don't believe in the whole like status with university things anyway, but it definitely applies if you want to be a fucking lawyer. Like, yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So they go to Professor Bin's lesson that passes. I don't know. She's exp- Jake Ironic explains in detail every lesson in this next week. I know because I was reading these these chapters. <laughs> they were so long. This has been my entire oh my day God, writing notes. Yeah, um, and nothing happens. 
literally nothing just so many lessons which like i normally like when i'm like relaxing to read the books or listening to fall asleep but not when i'm trying to make detailed notes i'm like and then they went here and then they went here i would happily write or have all seven books rewritten just with this level of mundane detail i love it just not when i'm trying to write notes on it (laughs) <laughs> yeah so yeah they go to history of magic and there's this really cute bit afterwards where ron and hermione bicker about bins and about the lesson and ron ends up being like fine we don't listen because we're not as smart as you and we can't concentrate as well as you does it make you feel good to hear that and hermione's just like <laughs> it's like I just, a, it's really cute it's a rare moment where i actually see like hermione and ron as a thing like i see quite a few glimmers in the next four chapters that i read today like there's a there's some bits where i'm like oh oh i see it i do see it it's it's starting to be there i think my issue with ron and hermione is that like i think that jk rowling always tried to lean in too much to that like hate sex kind of thing (laughs) like you know the whole like it's not even enemies to lovers because they're not enemies but it's that whole like to have like chemistry and passion that you need to like argue and get on each other's tits and it's just like that's not that's not how things work especially if you're gonna like fair enough you're just gonna say that like they were friends and then they had some awesome sex like i can buy that but if you're actually trying to tell me that these like high school sweethearts ended up together like got married and were soulmates then it needs to be more than just like we really rile each other up and it kind of turns us on like it just I mean, she just goes yeah, I think, too hard. I think there's also, obviously, because of the stuff they've gone through, there's also a lot of actually core emotional support that, like, is just kind of hinted at. But the surface level stuff is just all bickering all there the time. Is, Especially also- because it riles Harry up. It's just, he just talks about it all the time. Yeah, but you also can't base a lifelong relationship on trauma. Everyone in Harry Potter does, Charlie. I don't know what you're talking about. True. So they go to break. Did you used to hate break in school? Like, it's not long enough to do anything. You just stand there. I don't know. Like, you got to have a snack and I really like a snack. I did write, how did I ever get through breaks in school without a cup of tea? Because, like, now a break to me is, like, I have a cup of tea. I didn't... What what was I doing in school? Well, I used to have my Nature Valley bar every day. I'm just not a tea person. And I recently bought a whole new kettle in a bid to become a tea person. Uh Uh-huh. And it's just not happened for me yet. If you want to meet those sweet, sweet plant lesbians, you really need to get into your tea more. Mm, I know. I do have like some different fancy teas. So like I could have them over. Oh my God. It would literally be like, oh God, you won't have seen it. Oh God. What's it called? <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. I know Scott Pilgrim. I haven't seen it, but yes, I do know what Spo- <laughs> you know, Scott Pilgrim like, is. I know Scott Pilgrim. I not know it, of but- it. <laughs> That, well, there's a scene in that where basically she invites him over. I'm pretty sure it's this film. If it's not this film, I'm going to be really embarrassed. I'm pretty sure it's this film. I don't particularly like Scott Pilgrim, controversial opinion. But yeah, where she invites him over for like a cup of tea and then she like just reads out like all the different teas she has for like <laughs> 10 minutes and he's like, uh. so that would be me. I do have yeah. like at least three different varieties of tea considering... I don't drink tea. I mean, that's better than the first, one of the first times I came round and you were like, do you want to drink? And I was like, yeah, I'll have tea. And you were like, I don't have tea. And I was like, all right, I'll have coffee. And you were like, I don't have coffee. I was like, well, what are you offering me then? You were like, water? It's like, I, that's rude. I'm going to be here for the next 40 minutes. I'd like a cup of tea. Yeah. And like, because I don't even, I don't even normally keep like fizzy drinks in as either. So like, I think I literally was just like, 
you're gonna squash or water out the tap but um no that has been remedied it's not that all right was, when you that... ask me do i want a drink i'm like D- i want a hot beverage please <laughs> i was being polite you were supposed to be british and go no i'm fine even if you were dying of thirst <laughs> to be fair since then i do now have three varieties of tea multiple varieties of coffee and i still have squash you're, next time I come round when COVID's over I'm going to be spoilt for choice and end up just wanting squash um, yes. so during this break Cho comes up to Harry and they kind of start having a conversation but then Ron interrupts their awkward conversation by accusing Cho of being a fake sports fan which is just the most sexist bullshit ever Ron pipe down and go home <laughs> I hate to do it I'm gonna defend Ron he's being that guy we all know that guy I don't think he's being that guy he's not saying that he doesn't believe that she likes sport he's saying that he doesn't believe that she likes that particular team but also like he asked the question and like the way that I read this I read it as like a light-hearted ribbing between two fellow sports fans to be like oh I bet you only like them because of this and I just think that like yeah like it's a bit annoying but it's better than Harry Harry's just being like oh um, uh, uh, to be fair at least it makes it somewhat of an interaction rather than Harry being like did you have a good summer oh no I shouldn't have asked that your boyfriend died exactly like Harry just has no fucking personality no game and then there's Ron this man has no game Ron is like relaxed enough around this pretty girl to be like oh like I bet you don't even like them like I do think like it's a bit annoying like I get it because like it's really annoying when guys do that I am gonna have to take a tangent just to tell the story of the one time when I was backstage at the at a gig of like a really obscure like very obscure punk band um wearing a pink floyd t-shirt and a man actually came up to me and genuinely cannot write it deadly serious was like i bet you don't even listen to pink floyd like and i didn't think that was actually a thing that people said in real life anymore um i couldn't believe that he said it, especially because like pink floyd are like a massive band and i was backstage at a very obscure punk band i'm like do you really think that i'm gonna be backstage at this band and not have heard not of having listened to like, pink floyd i don't understand and then like a year later i was at like the same band's gig in the same venue and um this guy came up and like talked to me again and like didn't say anything about that and then dad afterwards was like yeah i told him before not to piss you off this time oh my god <laughs> what a dick but anyway so i don't know i feel like ron here is actually having personality and he's being relaxed around a pretty girl and i just like i don't know like i hate harry just being like oh (laughs) she's pretty so i can't form a sentence like that's really annoying just like get a personality but like it's somewhat realistic of 14 year old boys though yeah like it it might be slightly annoying what he said but i read it more as like (sighs) i think because he's actually he's not questioning her liking the sport and I think that this is like one of the few things that Harry Potter does quite well is that like it's never questioned that women would like Quidditch. There's just like yeah. one sport and both genders like it. So I think that's why I don't read it as Ron being like, oh, like you don't like the sport. I think it, it reads as him being like, you don't like that team or like, do you mm. like that team? And like, it's not like she replies and he questions her. Like, I don't know, I just, I see it as Ron actually being relaxed and having quite good banter around Cho. And, like, I appreciate that he's able to speak around her rather than being, like, a creepy fucking weirdo that's, like, completely, like, romanticising her like Harry is. And 
uh, Harry I don't know, has I had just, at this point three interactions with her and is literally I like know. she's the best person I've exactly ever met. so like I actually really respect this and also like Harry's just made it really awkward and weird and I like Ron's coming in there to actually make it like an interesting and funny interaction like I don't know I hate to defend Ron but I'm I mean Ron. I mean we will find out when they go on their date that Harry and Cho have no banter, no, no, no spark, no nothing, no chemistry. Like, they need one-tenth of what Hermione and Ron have. Some of that. Yeah. Just give them some of that, please. Yeah. Give them I, I wrote this note at some point, I can't remember when, but literally I wrote the note. I think it's when they're in the owlery, but they just have oh no... No spark. N- nothing. No, nothing. 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 Like, it's like two bricks. <laughs> so they they all go off to potions and the lesson is difficult. Harry messes up his potion and Snape evaporates it so it can't be marked. Even though Harry did mess it up, but he only missed out one thing. It's just so like blatantly unfair. It's also like this is just not teaching. He writes the instructions on the board as we find out in the next book. He writes the wrong instructions because he knows better instructions, but he writes down like the incorrect ones. Like he knows that, for instance, you know, rather than cutting, you use the blade on the side well, or whatever. That's, slug, that's Slughorn teaching next year, not Snape. We don't know what Snape puts on the board is his own alterations of the textbook. We don't know that. No, but I feel like the fact that they all find it quite hard. Yeah, I mean, it is hard. They have to, like, stir an exact amount of times and, like, things have such exact timings. It's insane. Imagine no, no, if no, no, you're no, cooking. No, no like, it, I I get so angry about this because I just think that potions would be the easiest thing in the world. It's like when no, people but, like, like... Imagine if the cooking instruction wasn't just, like, chop and add this. It was then, then stir it seven times counterclockwise while lowering the temperature this and only when the temperature has been lowered to this exact amount, add three drops of this, stirring three times the other direction before doing this. Yeah, no, that's fine. You're literally just following instructions. Like, I don't get when people... Like, unless you, like, have, you know, ADHD or something because that's, like a valid reason to not be able to like you know maintain your concentration on one thing but like for most people i'm just like you're literally following instructions like i i don't get the whole like oh i can't cook thing you you just follow instructions like i really i genuinely i don't get it and like this is what annoys me about potions and this is why i always think that snape is giving them the textbook instructions not his own instructions because none of them can do it when it's literally following instructions so i think that's why i've always read it as like Snape gives them the textbook ones and like the thing is I assume like there's it's some it's, things that happen at multiple times though like the higher up they get like I assume in first year it's like quite simple following instructions but I assume by the time you get to like fifth sixth seventh year it's like stir whilst lowering this and adding this all within like a certain time frame so you're literally up against time whilst not having to mess up do you know what I mean like there are those added pressures like how you say like cooking is just following instructions but if I gave you the instructions for a twice baked souffle you would you might mess up because it's so many things at once i don't I th- all right i'm gonna make charlie bake a souffle next time she's round <laughs> that's fine but like i just like i don't know i rarely mess up when cooking if i'm following a recipe like i i don't think i've ever followed a recipe and gone oh but what that's- about i think it's the timings and things at the same time but that's true of cooking if you've got multiple things on the go 
Like, rarely when you're cooking are you just doing one thing. You've normally got, like, different pots and stuff on the go. It's like you cooking all that dishoom food the other day. I bet that you had certain timings you were concentrating on multiple things at once, right? Well, yes. Yes, I was. And you did it, and it looked fucking immense. Yeah, but I made some mistakes. I'm sure you did, but you still got a decent enough end result. But that's what I mean. Harry only made one mistake, and he did get a decent enough end result. But like, and then but, Snape evaporated his the potion. Li- his mistake was literally forgetting an entire ingredient. Like, I don't know. Just, just like, I, I feel like Snape's kind of valid being like, can you read? As a dyslexic person, I take issue with that because I'm like, I can't read. (laughs) Okay, so Charlie um, would be a really mean potions professor because I totally see why Harry skipped over this. It was at the end of a list. No, just read the instruction. (laughs) Okay. But, 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 but I do have a point that I do think that this is Snape's fault because this is not teaching. Writing out what to do on the board and going off you go do it is not teaching. What this should have been is Snape up front doing oh, yeah. the doing the potion and going, okay, now we put this in. Now we put this in. Especially because you do have to bear in mind that there will be people in this class with eyesight issues, people in this class with learning different... Dif- uh, can't speak. Learning disabilities there are people that will have like dyslexia that won't be able to fully read and there are people that will have things like ADHD that will make the timings and the focus like incredibly hard and I think that I mean obviously this is like a wider Hogwarts issue but there will also just be like some people that don't give a shit and aren't really paying attention and I think that like just literally writing the instructions on a chalkboard is like why is a teacher there aside from like the obvious like behavioral management and safeguarding lol joke hogwarts don't do safeguarding but like aside from that like why is the teacher there if all they're doing is like writing stuff on the board and going off you go like it should have been snape at the front making the potion and actually saying okay add this ingredient now okay now we're gonna stir five times in this direction and then add this ingredient and then this one and now the other direct like do you know what i mean it should be like a cook along kind of thing like snape's not teaching them he's just writing stuff on the board and i know that this is like really silly to criticize snape's teaching on him not doing it as a follow-along lesson because there are bigger issues with snape's teaching obviously but like just annoys me harry wouldn't have had the chance to miss out that ingredient if snape was actually at the front going now we put this ingredient in yeah and like they're all complaining about umbridge minding like watching lessons and having an inquisitor and yeah it's bad because it's umbridge but bins can't teach snape can't teach trelawney can't teach yeah Hagrid, sorry, can't normally teach. Yeah. Who else? Umbridge can't teach. My God, that is not lessons. We'll get to that. So mm-hmm. we haven't got very many good examples of people who are actually teaching and who are actually earning their money's worth for why they're being paid to be there rather than just standing there and being like, follow this, read this. Now yeah. I'm going to lecture you, stupid. Yeah. So at lunch, Harry is in such a bad mood that he tells Ron and Hermione to stop bickering. And this is where I have this point, that Harry doesn't seem to understand that a lot of Ron and Hermione's bickering isn't actually them being angry or annoyed at each other. It's them being it's horny. Just, kind of, yeah. It's just <laughs> kind of the way they communicate. But Ron is used to having to argue to be heard because he's from a large family. That is just his way of communicating. Hermione is someone who is 
extremely clever and likes people to know it. Therefore, their style of communicating is to constantly kind of butt heads and bicker back and forth rather than pause and let each other talk. But I think Harry, because he's from quite an abusive, shouty household, cannot cope with their form yeah. of communication very well. He interprets their form of communication really badly. And yes, sometimes Ron and Hermione are really arguing. But what the example, like this bit that was in the text here, I didn't read it as aggressive or anything. They were just like quickly talking back like it was just a bit bantery harry doesn't understand banter at the end of the day (laughs) yeah i think that's a really good shout on like harry's history of abuse and that he doesn't get that and i think like i I think my mum does this and not like in an abuse way at all to my knowledge but like so something that me and my sister and my dad will do like when we're like i say when we're all together lol can't be right now but like when we like previously previously have been all together is that we have a lot of debates where we'll like talk yeah. about a subject and we kind of debate and and my dad does this typical blacks white thing which is really annoying where he will say stuff that he doesn't even believe in because he just he has his own issues where he thinks the only way that he can talk to us because we're women is to to argue about politics or something because all women like is nail polish and it's like dad you could literally talk to us about anything but you know that's that's my dad but then my mum on the other hand cannot get like having discussions or having debates like if we're like talking about something and it's not remotely heated but we have differing opinions and we're all kind of talking about them she'll be like oh my god stop arguing stop arguing can we talk about something like like don't like that we're arguing and like sometimes it does turn into arguments don't get me wrong when my dad's saying like shitty political things but like most of the time it's just like a debate and like my mum cannot stand it and she's like stop arguing stop arguing and we're all like none of us are arguing are not, arguing like there's not a single raised voice like this is a discussion like but yeah, she and- really always reads that as like an argument and i think I like think that's Harry's what harry exactly does this- yeah yeah he reads their discussions as arguments and he doesn't understand how they communicate because he kind of wishes they wouldn't talk to each other in that way and i'm like harry that's just the way they talk to each other Mm. so yeah ron and hermione put harry in their place and tell him to stop taking that anger out on them which is fair and i am glad that they are now all at an age where they are actually saying what is annoying each other and telling each other to stop it they have Mm. matured quite a lot since the last book where ron and harry fell out for no particular reason and didn't talk to each other for two months they're now like hey don't treat me like that good growth so they start dream interpretation in divination there's a whole pages and pages on that oh my god this chapter is long and then they go to defense against the dark the defense against defense against the dark <laughs> arts with umbridge she keeps making them answer her like good morning, good morning. literally it's like a primary school kind of thing isn't it oh i hate it it was horrible then she makes them write down the course aims and then read a chapter of a book And this woman thinks she's being a good teacher that can judge other teachers. Oh my God, they're literally just reading whilst a woman watches them. Creepy. So Hermione... I I love love it so much. It's so good. She does not open her book, but instead sits with her hand up because she has noticed, because Hermione is the only one that reads what they've written down, that Mm -hmm. the course aims do not state that they'll be using magic. So then the whole class jumps in. They're all like talking. At this point, Dolores just calls Lupin a dangerous half breed, which. Oofed. 
wow, woman's got some issues. She's just casually letting come out in class. Yep. Parvati, who I know we were talking about earlier, isn't always written in the best way. I love this. She is the one to point out, not Hermione, that there's actually a practical section in the OWL exam and they will not be doing the spells until the moment they're in the exam. Like, Parvati is smart. She picks up on yeah. that. The whole class is kind of raising these points and Umbridge is just like, it won't matter. You'll do great. It'll be fine. And Harry obviously loses his temper and says they won't be prepared for Lord Voldemort. <laughs> and the whole class freaks out. Yeah. Umbridge says Lord Voldemort is not coming back. It's a lie. And Harry starts yelling at her. He gets up and says, what did Cedric, did Cedric Diggory die of his own accord? Can you imagine if this was a real lesson? Just be, I'd just be like, I'd love it. I love the This drama. would be the best day. <laughs> like, honestly, love it. Like, sad for Harry and Cedric, but like also like, I would love the drama. I would love it. It would give you so much. Harry's class must just have so much to talk about. Like, yeah, yeah. they have to go to war in the seventh book, but oh, they get a lot of juicy gossip before that. They really do. <laughs> so Umbridge writes him a note and tells him to go and take it down to Professor McGonagall. And then we get the best scene in the book. Literally chef's kiss. I love it so much. So, good. so oh. Harry goes to McGonagall and McGonagall's really confused and she takes a note off him and then she reads it and then she's like, is this true? And he's like, is what true? She's like, <laughs> is what true? Did you yell at Professor Umbridge? And he's like, yes. yeah. And no, then wait, let's try pulled... to do it. Let's try to do it. You, you, do, you do McGonagall. I hate role play. Don't make me do this. Do it. <laughs> Imagine if we were a live reading podcast. <laughs> Okay, don't do it. It's Wait, fine. Wait, no. Did you all yell at Professor Umbridge? This is oh, my I Scottish accent. You to do an accent. Oh no, I was just expecting you to do it in your voice. <laughs> I just meant read the lines. I didn't mean do no an impression. If okay, I'm gonna sorry. do this, I'm gonna commit. Did you? Okay, sorry. Did you all lie? No, wait. Did you all yell at Professor Umbridge? Yes. Have a biscuit, Potter. <laughs> a biscuit butter yeah so there's this just brilliant bit of dialogue where she's like did you do this yes did you do this yes did you do this yes have a biscuit potter brilliant five gold stars you've written the perfect dialogue absolutely i just i just i just love her like i've been re-listening to the last book on audio tape because I'm apparently oh, she's got her cassettes from the nineties. Um, not on tape, on audio book. But you know, uh, I miss when they were cassette tapes. I do. Um, I used to. Ha- oh, the bag used to be really big. <laughs> yes, and like I just, I used to listen to them at night to sleep, and then I used to get to the end of a side, and then I used to literally just yell across the entire house, and I used to be like, <laughs> "Mom." Right, yes. No, turn it over. And she'll be like, "No, it's too late," or like, "Yes." And then I'd like get to flip it over. It was childhood memories. But anyway, so I was listening to this on audio book, and just like the the like end of the book just has so much incredible, incredible. I can't talk. Incredible McGonagall. Like, honest. I just, I just love her. Yeah, to like analyse it a bit. So she tells him to be careful because Umbridge reports into the ministry. And this 
why this bit is so great is because it's one of the first times we see the non-teacher side of yeah. McGonagall. And bear in mind, McGonagall is one of the most staple, most seen secondary characters in the books. She is a constant, but she's a pretty consistently written constant. She's their teacher. She's, scri- she's strict, but she loves Quidditch. She has got a softer side, but most of the time she's their strict teacher. And suddenly we see the side of her that not only is not a teacher, but also cares deeply for Harry and is frustrated because she cannot help him. So is having to try to look him in the eye as an adult and be like, you need to do better and you need to look after yourself better. But also she knows he's a child. So she's like, have a biscuit because I don't know what else to do. I don't know how else to help you. That's why she's saying it. And it's so good. It's so good. I mean, I also like to read it as like a bit of a reward where she's kind of like, doesn't want to be like, good job. But she's like, have a biscuit. Like, and then when he's... And she offers him another one. He's like, no. And she's like, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> it's so British. Like, you do want a biscuit. Shut up. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, I don't think I've ever accepted a biscuit when I've been offered one. You don't think you've ever accepted one? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, like, maybe now. But, like, I just remember a lot, like, as a teenager, like, I'd go to my auntie's house and she'd be like, do you want a biscuit? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm okay. Thank you. Like, I just could never accept a biscuit or like a cup of tea. You're weird. Um, We also find out that Harry has an entire week of detentions. Which is just very overboard, it goes without saying. It is. Moving right along to chapter 13, detention with Dolores. Oh my Christ, I have five pages of notes. Let's do this. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, Fenton. At dinner, people are (laughs) gossiping about Harry because obviously news Mm -hmm. travels fast in this place. Hermione points out that not everyone believed Dumbledore at the end of term. They had doubts. And then immediately after Dumbledore did his speech, like Cedric Diggory was murdered by Voldemort, la 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 la, they all went home for summer. The news didn't really have a chance to sink in. And that's why a lot of people don't believe Harry. They start their homework in the common room. Fred and George are testing sweets on first years in the background and Hermione goes to tell them off. Hermione does actually have a point here as fun as Fred and George are being. These are literally 12-year-old children who you are giving drugs to, please. Or drugs or tablets or... You don't yeah. know what they do. Stop it. And 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 for testing as well. Like, it's actually like you... you we don't... You don't test cosmetics on humans. Like... I just cannot, like, you you should not be testing that joke shop shit. But, so you can't do this, like, like obviously with like, medicines, you we have, tried like... tried it on ourselves. Yeah, and like, obviously... You're twice as big as the first years. What if they have double the reaction? Which is, like, what they're testing, but it's not, like, a, a safe or illegal way. And, like, obviously with medicines, like, you have human trials. Like, of course you do. But, like, this isn't medicine. This is not, like, a necessary thing. And they're not doing it in, like, a standardised or, like, a regulated safe way. No. And it's just, like, I would say that it blows my mind that there's not any actual kinds of, like, regulations that Fred and George have to follow if they're opening a joke shop that sells digestibles. Um, but then also, like, the Wizarding World is just cracked. So yeah. I'm not surprised. Hermione decides that the best threat to give them is that she will tell their mother, which, oh my God, Hermione, you badass. She's literally like, I won't put you in detention. No, I'll write to your mother. Which is like a good <laughs> Imagine. Shout. But imagine having that kind of balls with two guys two years older than you. 
just but be like, like all right to your mother it's good because i'm sure if they were just like breaking a small rule she wouldn't but this is literally like people's health and safety yeah, um stop so, stop testing things on the first years <laughs> yeah so hermione is leaving out woolly hats that she's knitting and she's like burying them under like newspaper and stuff to try and like trick the house elves um ron says that they look more like woolly bladders bladders. which is like an incredible phrase but also i'm just like what does a what does a bladder look like i feel like that's not just like they're just like a bladder is just like a lumpy oval i guess but like, like anything if you say like a lung or a heart, people know what that shape is. But like a bladder is just like of Ron all has the organs. great terms of phrases, and we shouldn't question them. He does. So yeah, Ron also points out that what she's doing is wrong, as she's tricking the elves. And Ron is right on this, and Hermione is yeah. wrong and has gone too far. Like Hermione and the whole. The thing is about the whole spew thing is it's very, very, very nuanced and has many, many different complicated things depending on whether you want to take it as it is in the books or whether you want to take it as a metaphor and la, 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 la. But at the end of the day, what she did in book four, everything she did in book four was good and we were behind it. And it was like, yeah, she's very passionate about this thing and this issue that she's discovered. Now, she's not actually listening to what the elves want and is just thinking what she wants for the elves and mm. doing that and that's quite white saviory hermione and it's kind of good that it's written into the books because it is like she's young at the end of the day she doesn't realize that what she's doing is a mistake but ron is right and she should not be tricking them it's but i also don't i don't feel like the whole white savior thing is like jk rowling's like clever intentional writing i just feel like it's jk rowling herself being a bit of like a white savior i can't decide whether it's intentional or not i've never made up my mind about whether it is like i really don't know i don't i don't think it's intentional i think that jk rowling fully was like yes hermione's in the right here maybe not with the woolly hats exactly i think that that is definitely written like that but like i think like in general spew i don't think was supposed to be like a criticism um i don't and i don't think spew is a criticism because hermione at the core is right that elves need more rights and more legislature she just begins to go about it in the wrong way which is quite normal for the first thing you become passionate about it's an interesting exploration that after book five kind of gets dropped until Mm. it's used again as the catalyst for ron and hermione getting back together and then we never hear about it again so it's literally it would be a lot more interesting if the plot line was fucking finished like we'll talk about it at the time but having just re-listened literally like yesterday to the like final kiss moment it the conversation is literally ron going (laughs) Maybe we should save the slaves. And Harry going, what? Make the slaves fight for us. And then Hermione going, I'm really horny that after seven... I'm really horny that after seven books, Ron has finally realised that slavery is bad. And then just kissing him. Let's make out. Also, we didn't talk about the elves for all of book six and most of book seven, but let's bring that issue back just to make Hermione horny. Like, I just cannot... Like, dear readers, (laughs) dear listeners, please never make out with a man because he's decided that slavery is bad. (laughs) 
I'm not one to lecture. I'm also so looking forward to reading that bit because I still, in my core, love that bit with a burning passion and I don't care what happens, I love it. But oh my God, it's ridiculous. It's obscene. Like, I agree. The storyline in general, like, it could have been so good. You could have said something about being passionate about something going too far about white saviorism about realizing there are other ways to go about getting your goals and working with people but now it just gets dropped so yeah 100% and I think like we've uh, discussed this before but like the issue with the storyline is the fact that it gets dropped and that it just ceases to matter at a certain point like it should followed it through I wouldn't have minded it as much it still would obviously have its problematic moments but she just drops it and also like for someone that has an entire storyline that is a slavery metaphor she does fuck all else about race in her books and we will talk about that later on i can't remember if it's in these chapters it's or the, in next, the one. next chapter oh yeah. it gets um, interesting when yep um Ooh. anyway so it's kind of the next day and they're all basically being told that their owls will affect their careers which is a common lie told in british schools <laughs> that your gcses will affect your careers when they fucking won't but it is actually a real thing in hogwarts because there's no higher education they finish 18 yeah and they're just like bye off into the working world you go Where's the higher education? So, yeah, their OWLs do matter. Like, they do. I feel like it's, like, at some points implied that there is some kind of form of higher education, but potentially it's a lot more vocational than what we're used to. I think, like, the whole, like, aura training is, like, an example, I think, that maybe they do, but it's not, like, formalised universities. It's more just, like, specific training for the job that you're going into. But it's, like, never fully confirmed, and and that's just a bit weird. Yeah. Um, But also, British school made us worry about our GCSEs so much. Oh, my Christ. They made me think it was the end of the world. I worked so hard. Mm-hmm. So they go to Care of Magical Creatures and Grubbly Plank is taking the lesson. They're learning about bow truckles and Harry keeps trying to ask Grubbly Plank where Hagrid is. Why would she know? She's the substitute teacher. Leave the woman alone, Harry, for God's sake. I would also like to point out that this is also not a good lesson. I feel like a big thing is made about how Grubbly Plank... Oh, I thought it was a good lesson. Maybe I had no good a, teachers. <laughs> a big thing is made about how Grubbly Plank is supposed to be this amazing teacher in relation to Hagrid. Their lesson, this lesson, is looking at the thing and drawing the thing. I assume she's talking. I assume she's explaining things whilst they're drawing. Your work should not be... Their their work for this entire hour-long lesson is to draw the thing that they're doing. And then that's the homework as well, is to finish the drawing. And label its body parts, Charlie. They need to label its fingers and toes. Fine, but that is part of a lesson. And all that is the homework. It's not the entire lesson and homework to draw it and label it. Like it's that's not that's not good teaching. It's not you shouldn't at like GCSE level be drawing and that's your lesson and your homework. I don't know. I assume she was walking about and explaining things. I'm sure she was, but like there needs to be actual like more work. There needs to be like note taking stuff. To me, the implication was that she told them a bit at the start and then was like for the rest of the lesson draw it and also your homework is to draw it because then the rest of the time she was like talking to umbridge about shit wait was umbridge there in this lesson oh wait no that's 
That's the next, next one. Time, We've yeah. read too many lessons in these chapters. So Draco does seem to know where Hagrid is and saying that Hagrid is messing about with things too big for him. So Draco does know. Draco is just here in this book to be like, I know about Sirius. I know about Hagrid. He just keeps popping up and saying things. Mm-hmm. Harry keeps insisting that Hagrid is a better care of magical creatures teacher than Grubbly Plank, which... My God, Harry, I know you're loyal, but he isn't. <laughs> He's really not. And that's okay. That's um, Hermione, so Harry's getting all like pissed off and aggy at Draco. And Hermione's like, you need to be careful. Like he could make life very difficult for you now. He's a prefect. <laughs> and Harry's like, I wonder what it'd be like to have a difficult life. And I'm like, spot on, Harry, you're in the right here. And also yep. like, I'm sorry, like I feel like Hermione's making a massive deal about what it is to be a prefect. Like, Of course she is, because she's a prefect. But it's like, he can't make his life that difficult for him. He can, like, give him some detentions. But I'm sure at a certain point, like, someone would step in and be like, Draco, stop it. Like, I feel like there has to be... Because, like, Draco could literally say to Harry just without any any issue, oh, you've got Drake, you've got detentions every night this week. But there surely has to be a teacher signing that off and then a teacher doing the detention. So yes. Draco can't just for the point of it. So, like, really, Draco cannot make Harry's life difficult. No, Hermione just wants to be like, prefects are so important. Yeah. So on the so, way back from the lesson, they bump into Luna Lovegood, who says in front of everyone that she believes Harry's story. Mm-hmm. And Harry just can't stop focusing on what this girl is wearing. Like, he's like, oh, it's nice, but she's wearing weird earrings yeah. and her hair's in a knot on top of her head. I'm like, yeah. leave it. Leave- this- Harry... This is some of the worst of Harry. Like, it really pisses me off. I'm like, this is such a sweet thing. I think I'm due on my period because I almost cried reading this. I was just like, I just love Luna so much. Like, this is such a nice thing. Like, yeah, Harry can't stop focusing on her earrings and her hair. And then Hermione picks a fight with Luna. I know. Like, everyone wants to be like, Hermione's such a nice person. Hermione's so much nicer than Ron. Oh my God, she just picked a fight with Luna for no reason. Literally. So Harry annoys me here because he's literally like, oh, thank you. Even though this is what he needs at this time is people to say that they believe him. And he's like, oh, thanks, I guess. And then Luna's like, oh, well, you know, people don't believe. And then says some like magical creatures. People like didn't believe in these. And then Hermione is like, oh, like they still don't, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Hermione hate to remind you once again but you go to a magic school magic school it's like and you were not... born a muggle so you her... didn't know that this shit existed yeah her not believing in divination her not believing in like these magical creatures it's like but but other magical cre- like what book has like how has hermione found out enough like what book has hermione read where it's like these magical creatures are real these magical creatures aren't this form of magic is real this form of magic isn't it's like i don't understand how you can literally go to a magic school and be like oh i don't believe in this specific thing i don't believe in this was like it's just hermione you go to magic school and also also nice stop attacking this girl who's being nice to harry and then her words are and i quote oh harry you can do better than her you judgmental cow hermione get back in your box what makes you think that you are so much better than luna christ life ron's the only one here that's being nice out the three of you everyone hates ron fucking hell um and now i'm gonna be a massive hypocrite with my next statement but so then ernie comes along (laughs) and ernie's like harry hello it's not just weirdos that believe you i believe you and can i just say that uh, 
I kind of love Ernie in this moment. Yeah, like, I, I know that he's a pompous asshole, and I know that I've just criticised Hermione for doing exactly what Ernie has done. But it's like Ernie's like he's just a fucking idiot like he's so pompous and like literally just like Hermione I feel like is being like intentionally a dickhead Ernie I feel like is just being this self-centered shit where he's just like oh like it's not just weirdos like I just it's so I'm unintentionally rude and it's brilliant and like so he's the one that was supposed to go to Eton wasn't he yeah Yeah. no no that's Justin Finch Fletchley Ernie comes from a very old Scottish family so he's like magic posh like Mm. proper magic posh yeah I just like I feel like I feel like Ernie is awful but he would (laughs) be I kind of love Ernie (laughs) But he's the one that I would date. Do you know what I mean? It's like, he also, is so my type. Also, why does he call Harry Potter when they have been in lessons together for five years? They have shared like herbology lessons and other lessons together. And then he's like, oh, Potter. I'm like, why are you not calling each other by your surnames? Can you imagine if I was like, oh, Ward? Honestly, I know it's such a double standard to be like, come on, you don't be a dick. And then the next moment be like, I love Ernie for this. But I'm just like, it, it's the comedic factor. He does it comedically. Um, and yeah. also like, I know that it's hypocritical, but what can I say? I, I just have a thing for awful men. The teachers keep giving them homework, which like made me kind of think about how homework is a little bit bullshit. Like you go to school for what, seven hours a day. Shouldn't Mm. that be enough time to learn most things? And I understand homework is a way to like make sure it's in your memory and blah, 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 blah. But if every teacher in a day gave you homework, you'd then have another four to seven hours of work outside of school. And that's more work than adults who go to work and that's too much work like in some ways homework is bullshit yeah and like I get homework when it's in terms of like writing an essay because I think that you need that essay writing practice typically for like exams or like I guess it doesn't really apply with Hogwarts but higher education but what I don't get is when it's like finish this drawing and it's and it's bullshit and as well like it's you know you say it's for memory but like it's not because it's like there's like graph with how your like memory of things like degrade and it's like when you've just done it like there's no point you need to wait until you like semi forget it so like if you've had a lesson and then that night you do the homework on it that is doing nothing for your memory of it you need to wait until you partially forget it to then study the thing again so I would buy homework if it was like okay so in this lesson you've drawn this bow truckle and then in like two or three weeks time she was then like okay you've had a different lesson today but I want you to go back and redraw a bow truckle that you learned about a few weeks ago that would be more valid. Like, yeah. And they just, like, I know they're all like, oh, OWL year is hard, but every teacher is giving them homework and it is clearly too much homework yeah. for them to actually, then Harry is exhausted all the time and even Hermione is stressed, so can't learn properly lessons. They're all staying up really late, so aren't getting enough sleep. This yeah. isn't healthy. This isn't a but, healthy workload. I mean, to be fair, like Harry has detention every single night. Ron's well, going yeah. off to do his flying practice. And Hermione is reading an entire book. Um, <laughs> I love yeah. her. I just... Um, so yeah. Angelina walks up to Harry to scream at him because he's missing keeper tryouts. And Harry then heads, heads off to his detention. 
The office is decorated very pink and frilly with lots of kitten-themed things. Just really ramming that femininity down yep. our throats. Harry tries to change his detention so that he can go to the Quidditch tryouts, but she says no, which, it, yeah, of course she does. It's detention, Harry. Like, at the end of the day, you've got to do it. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm really on Umbridge's side here. Like, you can't just <laughs> rearrange your detention. detention. Like, that is insane. She tells him he'll be doing lines and gives him a special quill. He has to write, I must not tell lies. He, She says he won't need ink. And then as Harry begins to write, the words also appear on the back of his hand, cut into his skin and then disappear. And this is where the rest of my page goes into all caps because... Uh, and I'll I'll read you what I wrote. What the fuck? This ain't a kid's book anymore. Where did she get the torture device? The writing in his blood. This is a school. Were my yep. exact notes. So I had four bullet points. Um, <laughs> my first one was next level psychotic. Yeah. My second one was similar to you. Where did she get it? Because I think that this is like she's she's clearly gone to legal. like the dark. Uh, yeah. what's it called the nocturne alley nocturne like, alley clearly she, this is she is this clearly is going to the dark magic shops this is this is not your average wh smith pen <laughs> <laughs> niche british references hey. um, why you listen to us yeah bullet point three harry is stubborn oh um, god his stubbornness <laughs> bullet point four this is where my caps lock came in just tell dumbledore it makes me so angry i it's, it's, this ah. is a school this is a school and, and you it's are like being a, tortured this they, is a torture device they literally have such an easy way out like i don't understand because it's just but like also, they want to get rid of her and do you remember all when, they need to do uh, is just be like yo this is happening and like get the fucking parental board the did the whatever it's called yeah because fudge them about definitely it. doesn't know about this this yeah. isn't fudge approved exactly oh my god <laughs> like and it just they wait until it's too late and it just and i just just tell someone anyone i don't get like i don't feel like there is a good enough reason like given in the text at this moment that harry doesn't immediately tell anyone no the reason is because harry hasn't had enough therapy since coming out that maze and is 10 kinds of Mm -hmm. fucked up and depressed and doesn't know how to deal i also just that is the reason hermione would have told someone like hermione was a fucking person that handed in harry's broom when she thought that sirius black had given him it like good point hermione would have told someone ah it just is a bit bit plot holy for me also do you remember when this was a kid's book about kids things and now it's like hi we've got a teacher literally torturing the students like i don't think i picked up on this when i was a child how horrific this was oh my god yeah harry refuses to break and say anything so he sits there doing this till past midnight and bear in mind we know that his detention started at 5 p.m which means he was in this room for seven hours yeah and it's so dumb as well because harry's like oh i can't i can't let her like i can't show weakness i can't let her know that this is bothering me it's literally a self-harm pen she knows whether you react or not that this is hurting you it is literally cutting your hand so there's no point just not admitting it it's not like she's gonna go oh harry's clearly really enjoying this he's clearly got a bit of a knife (laughs) kink like she's gonna know that it's causing you pain whether you tell her or not so just fucking admit to it so it can be over sooner and then you can go and be like yo Dumbledore uh look at my hand 
<gasps> so Ron also hasn't done it's the next day now and Ron also hasn't done his homework and Harry at this point is refusing to even tell Ron and Hermione let alone any teachers about what's going on because I d- I d- okay like him refusing to tell even Ron and Hermione gave me big um well it is what's happening he's being abused and feels a sense of shame as if it's his own fault that is what's happening that's why he won't tell anyone because he has that thing that abused people get where they feel a sense of shame that it's their own fault because that's what the abusers making them feel like yep this is a children's book oh my god this chapter is insane So after the second night of detention, he then has so much homework that he gets back to the common room at 12 and has to stay up for the next three hours doing that homework and then get up for school at 8am the next morning. Oh my Christ, this chapter literally gave me anxiety. On the third night of the detention, his cut doesn't heal and she picks up his hand and is kind of like, ooh, which basically confirmed to me that she is a sadist and is getting a kick out of this. Of course she is. She is enjoying this. She's the one with the knife kink. She's the one with the knife kink. So then, after the third night, he runs into Ron in a corridor, clutching his broom. And Ron is kind of like, oh, hiding from Fred and George. And Harry's like, yeah, cool, but why have you got your broom? And Ron admits that he wants to try out for Keeper on Gryffindor Quidditch team. And he's like, go on, laugh. He really assumes that Harry will laugh. And this is one of my favourite Ron Ron and Harry moments in the books because we don't get a lot of pure friendship moments. Harry is just incredibly sweet, supportive and genuinely enthusiastic. He's like, that is so great. I don't even think that he's sweet and supportive because I think that would imply that it's not genuine. I think... I think he's just genuinely he's just hyped for Ron like of course he wants that like it's not even him being supportive it's just genuinely what he wants like but I also like it makes me really sad because it's like I think we obviously have like a few moments where like the twins are like not cool dudes and I think that it's maybe not always explored enough in the text I think that obviously their like treatment of Dudley is like one of them that we've spoken about before but also like yeah this is very obvious that the twins have like really impacted Ron's confidence growing up like you know not only how they bullied him about being a prefect but that's you know a more recent example but clearly like this he he's worried about what the twins will think and then that kind of like he expects that treatment from everyone else he thinks that Harry's gonna laugh at him for like wanting to do this thing and it's just like this is also one of the few moments where like I really really relate to Ron because I'm like I always get so worried and self-conscious to like do the thing and like worry what people will think of me like even if they're like a close friend and it's something that I've had to work really really hard to start to like get over and I just like I really feel for Ron in this moment because I'm just like oh like that's really relatable but also like it really makes me sad because like I do love the twins but also like and I guess it is them being quite like realistic characters that they do have flaws and I like that but also like it makes me sad when Ron clearly has all of this insecurity because of them yeah yeah yeah, it really impact like we see both sides of it like we see we get a laugh out of fred and george's actions but then we see the consequences of those in a lot of ron's personality yeah so then we also why this scene is one of my favorites is we get this really genuine friendship the other way around where as harry is kind of being really enthusiastic ron spots harry's hand stops him and pulls his hand up to his eyes and won't let him go and is like why the fuck didn't you tell me and what the hell is going on? You need to go yeah. to Dumbledore now. And Ron is being sensible and such a good friend in this moment. I'm like, oh, you two are so nice when you're actually good friends to each other. I just, 
We don't get a lot of them just being good friends. Although I would argue that a really good friend would have just, regardless of what Harry wanted, gone and told someone. That's true. (sighs) But yeah. 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 Harry tries to watch the tryouts through the window whilst he's in detention. And then we have a moment where Umbridge touches him and his scar hurts. And Harry's like, yo, what the fuck, dude? Uh, That's a bit that's a bit sus he also has which i don't know what it is a peculiar feeling in his midriff how did i miss this that's a bit concerning i know i read that and i was like wait i don't actually know what that is because i know that the scar hurting is a coincidence but i don't know what the peculiar feeling in the midriff is. maybe he does have a knife kink yeah so (laughs) he goes back to the common room and Ron's got the keeper, and which is amazing. And everyone's like really celebrating. And Harry's just a bit like, I've got bigger problems. So <laughs> Harry goes to Hermione. Oh, no, wait. There's this really cute moment with Ron and Hermione before where immediately after Ron tells Harry he's keeper, he's like, where's Hermione? Where's Hermione? And then Fred and George point to her and they're like, oh, don't wait, because she's fallen asleep. And Ron looks really (laughs) disappointed that she's fallen asleep at his party. And he's like, oh, well, she seemed happy when I told her. And I'm like, oh, you want her to be at your party? (laughs) She literally adorable. Um, (laughs) And also like adorable because Hermione has like tried to stay up. Because like later (laughs) on, like in a minute when like Harry's like, okay, I'm going to bed. She's like, oh, thank God, like I can as well. Like it's just really (laughs) sweet that like she tried. Anyway, she really so tried. Harry tells Hermione, and she like she doesn't dismiss it, but she's like, you know, I think it's probably a coincidence. And then really cute moment where Hermione's like, oh, maybe tomorrow you can like help me make some of the hats for the house elves. Like it's really good fun. Like I've learned to do different patterns, and like, yeah, she's and Harry's... like, I can do bobbles and patterns now. Yeah. And Harry's like, uh, uh, I'm good. And like we've discussed it before, but oh my god, does Hermione need female friends? And before anyone thinks it, I'm not being like, oh, it's knitting so it needs to be women but i'm just saying that like your typical teenage boy is not going to be like oh yeah let's knit hats let's for charity hats together. like do you know what i mean like yes yeah. men can and should knit but ron and her and harry are not progressive <laughs> teenage boys and i just wish that she had a female friend to like knit some hats oh, for oh wait did you her. not pick up what's coming up in two chapters time oh what oh no we'll get to it how exciting patterns and bubbles it's so anyway cute. that was the end of that it sorry was. if that felt like rushing it wasn't that we were rushing through our notes it's just that not much happened but there was a lot of text about harry yes. going to detentions it's literally all just detention in different classes yeah, yeah. those so many classes. chapters I mean, could have been shorter definitely i enjoyed them and i really enjoy listening to the audiobooks of them when i'm not trying to make notes but they could have been more succinct from a literary perspective Yep. Okay, well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. I still feel like I can feel a raw egg yolk in my throat. So thanks again to Chantel for that alcohol recommendation. I'm I'm blocking it from my brain. (laughs) Yes. Uh, How do we normally stop? Um, Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Goblet of Wine. To find us on social media, search at Goblet of Wine Pod on Twitter or at Goblet of Wine Podcast on Instagram. We also have a website over at www.gobletofwine.co.uk where you can keep up with everything that we do. This podcast is produced by our wonderful Hufflepuff tier patrons. Sophie, Vera, Veronica, Sandra, Samuel, Rhiannon, Matalib, Matt, Kristen, Katie, Catherine, Jacqueline, Harrison, 
Emily, Chantelle and Alexia. If you'd like to support this podcast, check out our Goblet of Wine Patreon where you can also gain access to bonus episodes, behind the scenes content and our Discord. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and we'll see you in the next one. Bye! Bye.